everybody. Hi, guys. Well, from gloomy Salt Lake City, Utah. It's Thank God I'm Atheist. The podcast. I'm Frank Feldman. And I'm Dan Beecher. And coming up today, Dan, there is a movement afoot in the LDS Church, and we're going to talk about it. Oh, it's uh, afoot. It has to do with um, Mormon youth and their worthiness interviews, and there's been some developments on the whole thing. The young people. Yeah. The, the, the old people like to talk to the young people about their dirty stuff. Right, like it's any of their business. Oh, but it's sexy though. But they make they make it their Won't business. I don't know that it is. Uh, no, I mean you know there. it de- depends on the kid. <laughs> Dan, that bothered me. Uh huh. All right. Well, here's something that's been bothering me, Dan. Uh. Uh, hair on my face. A facial Dan. hair. Okay. What, is, what is going on? Why do I have hair on my face? Uh, God decided <laughs> that you needed it. Oh boy, that is that is a a fact. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, you know, those of you those of you watching us on our YouTube channel will will note that uh, neither you nor I, Frank, mm-hmm. are currently very well shaven. No. Neither of us employed our Harry's razors this no, but morning, the, but there there is, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there's there's a solution to this problem, Dan. Yeah, and uh, and it's called Harry's dot com. It is called that. Uh, it's uh, this is a subscription based clean face service. <laughs> they don't and clean your you mean, face. You mean, you mean razors, Dan? I mean razors. Uh, razors for shaving your face. Yeah. Face shaven razors. Yeah, face shaven razors, baby. <laughs> Look, okay, we've we've hit you with the Harry's for a while now. You guys all know it, but n- so many of you haven't tried it yet, and it's so mm-hmm. easy. This is so easy. You get free stuff to try it out. You get, uh, let me get through this. You get the uh, the weighted ergonomic handle. You get the uh, the five blade razor with the lubricating strip. And the trimming blade. Mm-hmm. So you get all of that stuff. You get the shave gel that we love so much. You get the travel blade cover. You get all of that. And it's free. You just pay for the shipping. Because mm-hmm. uh, your friends here, thank God I'm Atheist, hooked you up. Yeah. Uh, all you have to do is go to harrys.com. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S. Right. Dot com. Don't put in an apostrophe. <laughs> it, it belongs there, but don't put it in for the URL. Right. Slash, slash TGIA. There you go. Uh, and then uh, we get credit, uh, and Harry's loves us more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you guys get free stuff, and you get signed up for a service that's great. When we do it, uh, when we when we actually do use their razors, which we do, <laughs> just not this morning because we're lazy bums. Uh, we we end up uh, with a smooth face shave comfortable shave dan and his clothes that's what's that's what's amazing to me yeah is uh is the comfort level <laughs> i did not think uh that my store-bought razor which i was spending a, a, a an ungodly fortune on right uh could have been uh could have matched been, could have been improved or on. improved upon right right by by a by a monthly service look if you, you know, think you're going in style because really, you're traveling it out because you're traveling at Mach 3. If you think that... Nobody travels at Mach 3. If yeah. you think... Um, the Concorde is dead, and it and it only traveled at Mach 2. Those new F-22s can travel at Mach 3. Okay, well, that's fine. All I'm saying is, if you, Mach 3, eh, 3 is okay. Shit, uh, a Quattro? 
Four is okay. How about five blades, biatch? <laughs> Try that shit out. Anyway, uh, just make sure you go to harrys.com slash TGIA to redeem your offer. Let them know we sent you, and uh, that'll help support the show. Absolutely. Do it. All right. Well, all right, Dan. Yeah. I have a story. Horrifying story, Dan. You better have a story. Horrifying story of um, um, Mick, something that Mick Mulvaney. Uh, our good if, friend. If you don't know the name. I don't. Which you may not. Probably don't. No. Probably most, most of our listeners have never heard the name. However, he is an official uh, in the Trump administration. Oh. He is the director of the Office of Management and Budget. Okay. Right? So, kind of a big deal. Yeah. Right? Uh, he was uh, at the st- uh, State Department's, a big State Department meeting. They have these uh, ministerials on international religious freedom. It's mm. a thing that they have, this mm. ministerial on freedom. Anyway, he, was, uh, he was spoke at that, and he... Uh, basically suggested that the Trump administration would end the practice of punishing African countries uh, for laws that criminalize homosexuality. But right. This, but this is what he said. Okay. Right? Uh, here's his little uh, misleading statement. Mm. It says, our U.S. taxpayer dollars are used to discourage Christian values in other democratic countries. <laughs> <laughs> we know that you have a law against abortion. Oh, he says that, like, the, this is what we do. We go to, to sub-Saharan Africa and we say, we know that you have a law against abortion. But if you enforce that law, you're not going to get any of our money. We know that you have a law against gay marriage. But if you enforce that law, we're not going to give you any money. This is a different type of religious persecution that I never expected to see. Right? <laughs> now, this, of course, is disingenuous uh, at best. Right. Um, he, uh, because of course, what the what the Obama administration did was actually put pressure on African countries that criminal that actually criminalize just being gay, right? Homosexuality, like you itself. There, there are countries in Africa where you can be executed. I think yes, for just liking a boy or right. liking a girl, being a little swishy. Yeah, right. <laughs> Lighten those loafers. <laughs> don't, Death. Don't stay wherever, whichever country we're talking about. Uganda here. or whatever. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that was the one that, yeah. that, that got a lot of attention. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, this is, of course, um, in the uh, in the same vein as everything that the conservative right is up to right now. Yeah. They're trying to establish and defend the religious... Uh, uh, I'm sorry. They're they're trying to defend their bigotries mm. and their uh, mistreatment of other human beings in terms of religious freedom. Right. And uh, that's what they do. Right. They feel like that being dicks to gay people is part of what they believe as Christians. That they're it's what the, the, Jesus, Jesus told them to do. And you know, I you know the. There's that little, the, the lesser read part of the Sermon on the Mount. Right. Where it's blessed be the homo kickers. Right. Right. Know. The fag bashers. The fag bashers. L- blessed be they. <laughs> yeah. For they shall inherit uh, the South. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh, the beautiful South. <laughs> it's yours. It's you yours. know what, guys? Here's here here's the deal. We don't want the South. No. I just I <laughs> you, you, you can keep it. You know, they want out. We want to let them go. Why can't we make this happen? It seems like there there's got to be a solution to this problem. You can have Arizona. You know, we'll even we'll give up fucking Louisiana. We love New Orleans, but I mean, you know, if we'll get a passport and we'll tr- come. I mean, it'll be ruined because it'll be you guys. But <laughs> take it all. Yeah, all the, all the anything that's good in the South will be ruined. Georgia, Florida, but you know what? If that's what it takes. Yeah. <laughs> the, the United States of Jesus down there. Oh, good you God. You have all of the rules that you want. No, no. I, that is absolutely wrong. That is unacceptable. <laughs> we cannot uh, shirk our responsibilities to try to promote uh, human rights and dignity and uh, yeah. equality for all, even amongst people who really don't want it. Yeah. Well, I, and I'll, speaking of that. I'm going to speak, I'm going to talk to us about someone from the South, one Jefferson Beauregard Sessions. Oh, yeah? Since we're since we're on this topic, I'll just slide over to the oh, fact geez. that, I mean, our listeners will be keenly aware of the fact that, uh, that, that Brother Sessions, our Attorney General of these United States, uh, has just established a, uh, a new task force. Oh, oh it, I love a good task force. Oh, everybody loves a good task force. I also like a good blue ribbon panel. Ooh. Or blue ribbon commission. What's it called? C- a committee. Committee. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, everybody loves a good blue ribbon. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, this is the this is a task force uh, for religious liberty. Um, oh, and yeah. lest anyone not, you know, if you haven't listened to our show before, if you're new, first, hello. Welcome. And second, religious liberty, when a politician <laughs> says it, or or when a, someone who's Christian says it, means the right means preserving Christian privilege uh-huh. and the right to discriminate. Those right. are the two things that those words encapsulate. That's all they mean uh-huh. in the whole world. They talk about other things, but all they really mean is Christian privilege and the right to discriminate against yucky poo poo gays yeah so that's basically all they're talking about um but yes the our our tax dollars are now going to be going to making sure that americans privilege christianity i mean Uh, are 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 allowed to uh hate gays and control women's bodies it's just the right thing dan and that's literally what it is. I, I mean, basically, this is about bacon cakes and uh, and not which for, women are supposed to do, which women are supposed to do, but if, instead even, of getting abortions, but even if a man does it, he doesn't have to do it for queers, right? And it, uh, making sure that that people don't have to like help their employees get cons- contraception, right? <laughs> Good lord. That's what that's what religious liberty means. It does not mean, by the way, and Jeff Sessions will probably would probably tell you this if you asked him. Does it mean the right for cuz he talked about like peop, the right for Americans to practice their religion in the public square. Oh. Does he mean satanists? 
Oh, no. No, 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 no. No, because those aren't really people, and that's not really religion. And and also, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the only real religion is Christianity. Right. That's what we're talking about. Right. <laughs> right, of course. Yeah. Nobody wants fake religion. Wiccans, all that smudging crap, their satan- sage or yeah. whatever. That's just that's just silliness. Right. But, you know, believing that Jesus put animals on a boat, that's serious religion. That's good stuff, Dan. It's That's where the juice is, baby. Yeah. Oh, Gotta thank, love it. Thank God they're still pushing for it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Somebody. Finally, we have some champions of truth and justice. In in uh, in uh, Washington D.C. Yeah, oh, finally. Thank God they got there, Dan. And that Christianity is safe, right now, right under because, their watch. Because that that tiny minority called Christianity <laughs> was, has been uh, has been dwindling. Uh, has been has been languishing in in terror. I know. <laughs> because because their liberty keeps going away oh. in, in the form of other people getting rights. Oh, it's just the worst, Dan. It's the worst. Oh, no. All right, Dan. I'm going to tell a little story about um, the process of becoming a saint. Ooh. A Catholic saint. Canonization? Yes. If you will. There's uh, It's a little, a little bit of a process, Dan. Sure. Um, and right now... There are uh, people who are supporting. I think this is such an interesting thing. Like there are movements that form up around a a figure, mm-hmm. a historic figure, mm-hmm. um, to promote that person as a saint. Right. right, and it's really important to these people who are promoting it because it usually means that the, a member of their community, somebody right. that they connect to, right, is being uh, canonized. Right. Uh, and uh, given this this extra special place in sort of the uh, uh, Catholic, um, what would you call it? The pantheon. The, the pantheon of all these these uh, holy figures. They're basically right. demigods, right? Uh, yeah, I mean that's kind of the role that they fill. That you know that the sort of the Roman gods. When mm-hmm. you got rid of the Roman gods, you needed figures who rep- who who could be intermediaries on these issues yeah. like you know um is your car safe to drive right right saint christopher is a much better person to go to look if you right. go to god for everything yeah he may be all-knowing and all-powerful and right so clearly capable of handling everybody's requests at all times but he's kind of a jack of all trades but, right he's, like he's not specialized and somehow he's magically busy <laughs> like he can do everything. It's not easy to God, but but yeah. he is busy. Not easy. So go to so many people, and there's just more and more people every year. Get some. You right. know, he's like, been delegating. Yeah, it's good. It's smart. It's a good system. <laughs> um, anyway, here in uh, the United States, there are um, a few groups that are coalescing around a group of five African Americans. Uh, Black folk are they allowed to be gay? <laughs> to be gay? <laughs> Wow. Are they allowed to be saints is what I was trying to say. Sure, why not? Yeah. Okay, fine. Um they actually there actually have been um a number of uh saints of African descent. However, there has never been a black American that's been canonized. Uh. So this would this is actually a really big deal. Um and uh if you're not familiar with the steps in uh 
that that, that little path toward canonization. It's right? just a jump to the left and then a <laughs> step to the right. So the the first thing that has to happen is the the, the a, a diocesan tribunal must confirm that they lived lives of quote heroic virtue. Okay. Okay. Sure. Um so now, usually you wait 100 years so that nobody can actually, di- like, dispute it. Right. Right. <laughs> so G- Give a little, little so gap. That, so that nobody's time. around that actually knew the jackass. Because, right. Yeah. The legend now right. is bigger than the man ever was. Or woman. Or sure. woman. Yeah. Um, so then there's the second level, uh, veneration. Yeah. Um, so this means that they have been proclaimed, proclaimed heroic. Um, heroic in virtue, right? Um, by the congregation for the causes of saints with the approval of the Pope. So this, this is the, so that first level is just kind of a local little thingy. Now the same proclamation, right? This heroic virtue thing Mm. has been approved by the Pope. So that's the second level. The third level is beatification. Um, and it generally, uh, requires documentation of one miracle, right? Okay. I remember, do you remember back in the 70s or 80s? I don't remember when it was. Do you, you remember the, the character of Father Guido Sarducci? This was an SNL character. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and he, he was, it was, it was an American comedian who would do this, this Italian, like, cardinal, or maybe it was a, he was a, like, an archbishop or something. Sure, okay. <laughs> he was complaining on one sketch about, he's smoking a cigarette and complaining about, like this, some there was a movement to get somebody sainted in in America, and he's like, "This person, she only got like a two miracles. We got Italians who got a forty, fifty miracles to their name, but <laughs> this right. she got two miracles, and then she's going to be canonized. It's not fair, right?" So, um, beatification, one miracle, except in the case of being a martyr. Oh, okay. And I think you can skip that whole miracle. You can thing. skip a miracle if you you're can a martyr. Skip a miracle, yeah. Oh. Um, and then canonization, just like you said, is uh, two miracles. That's that's oh, the okay. fourth level. Um, takes decades, maybe even centuries. Um, but these five five guys for five uh, five folk, uh, Pierre Tr- uh, Toussaint, who mm. passed away in 1853, he was a former slave um, who parlayed his connections as a hairdresser. To prominent New Yorkers into a career of charity. Oh, okay. Good for him. Great. Holy cow. That's amazing. Uh, Henriette uh, DeLille passed away in 1862. She was a mixed race woman who founded Sisters of the Holy Family, a religious order based in New Orleans. We have okay. Mary Elizabeth Lang. Boy, that's a Catholic name. <laughs> uh, passed away in eight, uh, 1882. She founded the Oblate Sisters of Providence in Baltimore. Augustus Tolton, 1879. Uh, he uh, was America's first black Catholic priest, and he had to train in Rome because no U.S. seminary would take him. Huh. Interesting figure. I actually kind of want to know a little bit more about that yeah. guy. Uh, and then Julia Greeny, or Greeley, rather, uh, died in 1918, a former slave who became known as Denver's angel of charity uh, for his support of poor families. Anyway, um, they all sound like great folk. Nice people. You know, they probably deserve some recognition. Yeah. 
Uh, I don't know about this whole miracle thing. They're not but... getting it from U.S. history books. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Like, so. here's these these five characters who were, you know, I mean... Probably would... amazing people. Yeah, exactly. But... Um, and I've never heard their names before. Yeah. So, little, there little, you go. A little too white for us to have learned about in U.S. history, because... Or a little too black, I mean. Yeah, we, we only get some of the, just sort of those... You, you, you the, get the big ones. You get you get the big three, right? Three, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You there, get, I mean, there's there's you basically get three black folks, <laughs> a limit to three black folks in any history text sure. in the United States. So right. you can have you can have your Rosa Parks, absolutely. You can have uh, George Washington Carver, peanuts, <laughs> and you can have and we have confirmed. He is not currently alive, in spite of what uh, Donald Trump says. <laughs> what? Uh, you can have your Frederick Douglass. <laughs> did you not hear about that? No. Donald Trump, at one point, he's, he, what did he say? He said something no. like, uh, he, he said he's doing an amazing job. Oh, yeah. Fre- Frederick <laughs> Douglass. Which, you know, for... Great guy. Yeah. He's the best guy. He's, just, he's, he's really... He's really doing, doing he, great work out there. Really, really improving all the time. Better and better. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. All right. All right. Well, it's good to hear about these guys. Yeah, you know, uh, nice, nice that somebody's getting around to it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take you now. You'll recall. I think we reported a six months ago. I don't know. I have no sense of time. Uh, we reported that a um, a an air force base had a display for to the to admit the fallen soldier or whatever and it had a table set with a bible on it as as part of I don't their, remember this at all don't you not at all okay. that doesn't even ring a bell okay well this was it was dedicated to prisoners of war and those missing in action or something or it was the the missing man table um now the uh the Group, what's the what's the military group? The Military Religion Freedom Foundation okay. really, uh, raised some concerns about this to the to the Air Force Base's CEO. Uh, yeah, just saying, you know, this is actually not appropriate. There are lots of people of different faiths and no faiths in our armed forces, and it's probably illegal to have this here because it, you know you're a government agency. And they told him to fuck off. Nope. nope. Uh, Colonel Stacy Hooser. Uh, agreed and said, you know what, we'll just replace the Bible with a sort of blank book of all faiths or no faith. It was, a, it was just a book. Just a book. Nice. Because apparently you can't have a set table without a book. We know that much for sure. <laughs> uh, so you get to project onto that book whatever you, whatever, whatever you, whatever want. you want. Right. Um, so that, that change was made. Um, and Hammond Meta caught an interesting thing in the RNS... Uh, article about this okay which was that uh the the christian family research council their uh their senior fellow for regulatory affairs named chris Grake great grassic okay uh had had this to say i uh, just thought this was a bad idea i mean oh. it doesn't surprise you that he thought that this was a bad idea but here's how chris uh decided to to say this the commander made a big boo-boo a you, you really that's, that's good press release talk you're right gonna there. use the word boo-boo 
The commander made a big boo-boo when she substituted another book. Creating the interfaith book could be seen as violating the First Amendment by demonstrating government bias in favoring one kind of religious content over another and establishing a preferred religion, or in this case, many religions. I prefer the many religions. So having a Bible there does not establish a preferred religion. But having something that's meant to indicate all religions is establishing a preferred religion. (laughs) And that preferred religion is all of them. Right. All are welcome here, including none of them. Including this just being a, a book with nothing in it. This is unfairly privileging everybody. We are literally... What is wrong with these, like... This, they, they're, they are so used to, like, twisting their brains into pretzels to try and make their That's logic a, work. Yeah. That they've literally, like, they literally, their logic is now coming out of their ass directly. <laughs> Unreal. It's, I mean, that is impressive crap thinking. That is impressively bad thinking. On their part. I don't even know. I I, I don't know how you get to that. Right. And like, let it come out of your mouth. Right. And you're okay with it. Well, you're used to lots of other crap. Yeah. So, man, it's, I just thought that was amazing. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's some special shit, Dan. It's, 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 it's really nice. (laughs) It's really nice. I mean, it's good to know that they, that they switched out the book though. Yeah, I think that, and, and you know what? Like, you kind of make fun of the the fact that it's like, well, why do you need a book at all? Yeah, right. Um, and I agree with you, but I think there's something nice about a symbol that is universal that everybody can project onto as well. So throw right? down an iPhone then. Yeah, why not? That's the real thing. Yeah, everybody, everybody loves an iPhone. Just have an iPhone on the table, <laughs> an iPad, some. Not really, in, but here's the deal, if though. The Christians complain, it needs to be a generic cell phone. Oh, yeah. Because then you're true. just going to start this, like, just, other yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's got to be one of those, like, like Chinese-made tablets that doesn't even have a brand. Yeah, that's, that's the one I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. All right, Dan. Yeah. Uh, an update from Denmark. Oh. We're, we've been following this story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Denmark is one of the countries in Europe uh, right now that's really uh, struggling to figure out uh, an an appropriate response to the uh, large number of Muslim immigrants and refugees who've moved into their country, who they've welcomed, right, with... um, Ish. Well, they welcomed them. They they, allowed them in. They allowed them in, um, set up, you know... Some social services mm-hmm. and get their kids into education, blah, 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 schools and Danish language and they, classes. And then they start to do a little bit of overreach and, and whatnot. We've talked about that. Yeah. Where they're like forcing the kids to um, take Danish indoctrination classes. Right. Um, but um, these n- butter cookies are the only kind of cookies. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't you eat no Muslim cookies. Is that, a, is that a date? <laughs> Excuse me. Do you have a fig? Put that down. <laughs> Couscous? <laughs> no. Wrong. 
You're going to eat this stew and you're going to like it. I don't know what <laughs> Danish carve people. up a potato for you. <laughs> what do Danes eat? I have no idea. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Danish law has gone into effect that uh, uh, bans face veils in public. Okay. Yes. Um, and because of that, there has been uh, a, an official um, protest um, this last week uh, that happened in two different Danish cities. Uh, the, can, can you please tell, tell me the names of those cities? Uh, Copenhagen and Our House. Oh, I was hoping they'd be harder to pronounce. Nope. Okay. Thanks, Dan, though. <laughs> um, even though Aarhus, which apparently is Denmark's second largest city, and you'd never have heard of it. No. Um, anywho, um, hundreds of Muslims and non-Muslims uh, attended the at least uh, the Copenhagen protest. Uh, a lot of the protesters wore uh, the niqabs, you mm-hmm. know, which is the the it covers everything. It's kind of a, a scarf setup that covers everything except the eyes. Right. It's, uh, it's a ninja mask. Yeah. Some even uh, wore full length. Burkas, mm. uh, which cover the eyes with a mesh screen, um, and uh, and a lot of Muslim uh, women who actually uh, don't wear the full fa- face veil also participate in the protest. The police looked the other way during the protest. Mm-hmm. Um, they did not enforce the law. Um, they exempted the protest from the ban. Sure, and uh, but outside of the protest first time offenders uh first time violators of this new law um face a fine of about 150 dollars whoa uh repeat offenses could lead up uh to fines up to about 1500 dollars plus a jail sentence of up to six months yikes um it's uh basically i mean they, they're uh, the police also are allowed to just tell women to remove their face veils, yeah. um, or leave public areas, um, and uh, most likely they won't actually. According to officials, they most likely will not actually jail people unless they um, get uppity. Right, uh, they'll probably just find them and send them home. Yeah, um, this is. It's really, really quite bizarre because in Denmark, people are putting on uh, Muslim headwear to protest. Yeah. And in places like Iran, women are being... Are taking uh, them off. Yeah. Being, and, and being arrested and disappearing right. for uh, protesting um, by taking them off. And it's, <laughs> this is really crazy thing. For like, just a minute, it sounded like you were saying that they take the, the mask off and suddenly... <laughs> They disappear. Poof. It's a yeah. great trick. Yeah. David Copperfield had that, that one. That's why you have to wear it. That's why. It's, it's, just, it's uh, So you exist? Yeah. Well, it's a, uh, there's a Calvino novel, the, 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 the non-existent night, I think. Mm. I don't know what the translation into English is uh-huh. actually, but it's about a knight in Charlemagne's army who doesn't really exist. Ooh. There's nothing in the. In, in the, the armor. In the armor. Ooh. Yeah, but um, no, it's not that, Dan. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, 
It's, well, it's a sick world. Yeah, it's not because okay. here's the deal. I don't think here's here's the rough part for me as like a uh, an American liberal, uh-huh. right? Because my sense of because this is a, this is a tough one. There's a lot of people, especially in the atheist community, who feel like we don't do enough to call out these bad practices for being bad practices. Mm. The, these teachings that force women to cover themselves and be basically remove themselves from society and whatnot. Right. Um, and so I often find myself in kind of this weird space where I'm like, yeah, you know, we should be denouncing that. We should be saying that, but, but, but not through law. Yeah. Right. Tricky because what you either push people into the fringes, um, as the Danes are doing. Right. Right. Um, through regulating what women wear in public. I, you know, here's what I would like to see. I don't see. know about that. I, what I have never seen, because the justification for this is that if someone walks around with their face covered, mm-hmm. uh, they, they could theoretically, you know, be com- committing crimes, commit crimes or violence or what whatever. What are they doing in there, Dan? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I don't even, you know, they, they're wearing big baggy clothes. Yeah. They could have a ham. That they stole from the <laughs> from the market. Probably not a ham. You'd be surprised. Really? Okay. And then, and how would how would anybody how would anybody? Well, you, that's the last thing them. you would expect that woman right to be stealing, right? Because exactly, this is actually just a thief masquerading as a Muslim woman. So, what I'd like is to that see, what you're saying? Yeah. Well, that's what they're saying. What I'd like to see is any form of data showing that. This is true. That that this claim correlates to reality mm. in some way. Yeah. Well, also, why not just wait for somebody to commit a crime and then tell them that they have to take the mask off? No. And then catch them after you see them stealing a ham. Well, that's, and whisking and and but that's the tucking problem. it away. Let's say that we go we go to the uh, to the videotape mm-hmm. and we see aha, it was her, but we can't identify her because she's wearing the mask. Oh no. This is why I walk around in a mask all the time. This, by I mean, the way, I don't know. viewers like, of of YouTube, this is not my real face. <laughs> this is a prosthetic. Really, really, really good mask. Um, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I I, I I agree with you. Is this even a problem? I don't. Even, yeah, I think that they're solving a problem that may not exist. Right. Um, because they want to. To, so, well, they're to tramp, of it. Because they want to trample on a p- group of people that they don't understand and that they don't like. And they're trying to correct their behavior through through law. Right. And it's not... The, I don't know. Yeah. It's... Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not well, convinced at all. Here's a question. Yeah. How about in like... Because why not just look at... Uh, you know, call up... Uh, where, where would be a good place you could call up um, in this world... Saudi Arabia. Uh-huh. You call up Saudi Arabia and you say, hey, what's... Can you call a country? Yeah. You okay. call them up and you say, what are your facts and figures on men wearing niqabs to commit crimes? Or women. Women or can women. also commit crimes. Women are right. good at crime too. Right. Yeah. What, yeah, what, what is this? Yeah. How many people use this cover in order to commit crime? Right. Yeah, who knows? 
Just uh, call them up. Ask. I'm going to. I'm going to. What's the <laughs> number? What's the number for Saudi Arabia? <laughs> I'm calling them. Hope they speak English. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to. I'm going to sort of circle us back to home, uh, but not here in Salt Lake City. No. Logan, Utah. Oh. Uh, had a had a speaker come out and talk to to a bunch of people recently. Made the news. Okay. And uh, the city of Logan. City of well, no, it wasn't the city of Logan. It was a group uh, in in the city of Logan. Ah, but uh, one of the but one of the organizers of the group was a former, uh, I think, a, a was a politician, a, like a county commissioner, commissioner or something. Sure, like that. okay. Anyway, uh, Ammon Bundy, you'll re- <laughs> you'll recall, is one of the sons of that American folk hero, Cliven Bundy. Yeah. Who uh, who first made national headlines because uh, the government wanted him to pay the uh, tiny fee mm-hmm. that they charge for pe- people to allow to allow people to graze their cattle on government land on on BLM land Bureau right. of Land Management right, right, land. Right, right. Yeah, it's a it is a minuscule fee, but right. uh, Clive but and Bundy. Too much. Had been had been refusing to pay it. Had never had pay, hadn't paid it for like like fifteen or twenty years or something like crazy like that. Oh, so his bills had kind of had, yeah. You Plus, know, you know, there are fees and and and, and, mm. and you know whatever. Anyway, yeah. um, and that that resulted in a big standoff, and they got a fucking militia with guns going. Yeah, it was a thing. It was a problem, and then uh, and then they kind of won that battle, which was really odd. The government mishandled everything yeah. in that, and the, and and the Bundys got away with that shit. And then you'll recall that the Bundys went to Oregon to support some dude who was charged with arson or something, mm-hmm. and they fucking took over a uh, a then empty government building and had an armed standoff with the government that resulted in one of them dying uh, uh, just a few years ago, right? And they seem to have gotten away with that too. They like they seem to not have. They are slippery little motherfuckers. This group of of again self styled American heroes, right? So Ammon, uh, they're Mormons. P.S. Everybody, uh, I think they're. I think that their ranches are in uh, Nevada, largely. But anyway, these are mm. Mormon fellas. Um, and Ammon Bundy had a very interesting. Gave a fast. Oh, I, what I wouldn't have given to be there at this at this little talk he gave. Um, but one of the things that he talked about is that his church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, mm-hmm. is being infiltrated by whom? Scun dun dun. No. Oh yes. Lizard people. Uh, no, no. Well, I mean, maybe. Pretty close. Socialists, globalists, and environmentalists are wheedling their way in. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, no. It's the worst Environmentalists? Thing. Yeah. Oh, they're the worst ones. Uh, they're the worst ones. What is the LDS church coming to? Uh, yeah, apparently the- Socialists? Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, he, he set up- um, environmentalism as a competing theology to uh to to the lds church he said it's a completely he said it's basically a religion and a completely different theology than christian theology Mm. 
um, he said that basically, uh, he said, I know that our church on the lower levels, the mid-levels, has been infiltrated by these same people, but not on the higher levels. Oh, thank God. He said, I truly believe these higher levels are, that those higher levels are honest, good, righteous men who follow the, follow the Lord's guidance and inspiration, and I believe that they will guide us through these rough times. But yeah, uh, oh the liberals, the liberals, they're coming to the Mormons. They're infiltrating. I'm so worried about this world, Dan. And they're getting in. He, uh, We're all fucked. He also uh, characterized uh, at least one of the, the, the trials that he's in, because uh, there's a lot. His family and he are charged with many different criminal activities mm-hmm. because they're fucking criminals. Right. Um, but uh, he bas- he called uh, the trial a, uh, what did he call it, a battle of high priests? <laughs> because he and his father and his attorney are all high priests of the Mormon church. Now, don't be too impressed, ladies and gentlemen who don't know the Mormon hierarchy. A high priest, this is just a guy. Like, yeah. uh, you know, when... The way that the Mormon uh, uh, priesthood works is that every man right. gets get, a crazy title. Gets priest. Yeah. <laughs> you and I, Frank. You hold a crazy office. We're ordained priests. Yeah. Of the LDS church. I never made it past priest. Right. But that happened when we were 16. <laughs> I was an elder. You were an elder of the. At 19. At 19. As was like every other young man. Who like yeah. was about to serve a mission? Yeah. I didn't quite make it to to elder status. Mm. I I only got to be a priest. Mm. I do love blowing people's minds who don't understand Mormon priesthood because mm. I can say, oh no, I went to seminary and was a priest in the Mormon Church, and everybody's <laughs> like, what the world? Right, and all it it means nothing. Right, but uh, yeah, as you get older and older, if uh, the the Bozo, who's sort of the head of the lay head of your of your stake, which is the the diocese, mm-hmm. decides that you're a pillar of your neighborhood, then <laughs> then you you'll get to be a, a high priest, basically, kind of sorta, yeah. <laughs> it's essentially you, right. Yeah, you may add if you want to. I don't care to. No, uh, it's so anyway. He said that he, so he says he and his dad and his lawyers are high priests, but so are the lead U.S. attorney prosecuting this family, the chief judge in Oregon, and former Nevada Senator Harry Reid. Oh, dear God. It's, it's a battle. First of all, how are there only Mormons prosecuting these guys? Like, this all feels very strangely set up. I don't like know. the prosecutor and the judge and the chief judge are both Mormons, and now they're getting away with everything. It all seems very squirrely. It's well, it's not like you know fishy. Mormons who break the law in Utah get off scot free just because they're sitting in front of a Mormon judge. I know, but like in Oregon, I don't know. I'm I I'm very confused by it all. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. That, that's confusing. And if you would like to clear up Dan's confusion. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> you can clear up like this tiny corner of Dan of the <laughs> the vast ocean of Dan's confusion. No.
But yeah, you can do that by writing into us, podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or you could call and leave us a voicemail message. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Indeed. Go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Atheist. And while on Facebook, search for the TGIA Members Only Lounge. Request to join. It is a closed group, but we'll let you in. Yep. Um, also, why not find us over on Reddit? Uh, that's reddit.com slash r slash TGI Atheist. Slash. If you're going to be ridiculous about it. Yes. Hey, Dan. Yes, sir. Um, you're a lover of animals, aren't you? Oh, I, I, I do love animals very much. Yeah. You know who else loves animals? Um, <laughs> some, <laughs> some crackpot Christian. The Lord God prophets. Almighty. That's Wait, who what? I'm thinking of. Oh. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and his father. Oh, I thought you were <laughs> talking about the, the woman we're about to listen to. The woman we're about to listen to is going, has insight apparently <laughs> mm. into what's going on in heaven mm. this is this is a prophetess oh wow uh, and you she know. is uh, this is we've heard her before what's her name cat something or other her, um, name, her name is uh cat kerr cat kerr and we've heard her before how this crackpot can can get like anyone in a room to listen to her well, yeah, I will never understand, but this is a, this is a, you'll hear it. The crowd's pretty big. Right. And she is, she is imparting some wisdom. Well, let's say, let's, let's hear what she has to say. And then I just started talking about God and how much he loved, how much he talked about horses in the Bible. By the way, it's one of his favorite creatures he made. And by the way, he has a unicorn. That's right. Father has a unicorn. Jesus has a horse named Lightning. Holy Spirit has one named Thunder. Lightning has fire coming out of his nostrils. He's got a rainbow mane on him. But the Father has a unicorn. And they're mentioned nine times in the Bible. That's right. They are. Unless you found a new translation that has removed it. But they are in heaven. God made them. He made a lot of strange creatures that you will get to see up there. Most of you sitting here will probably go for visits. I'm positive about that. Because of the time we're living in. It's time to reveal heaven. Say, I want that. You need to say that. He, he, he notices when you say that. He writes it down when you say that. I want I receive it. I'll be in a meeting here, someone says something, I'll yell out loud, I received that! You have not because you... Receiving is... Asking. Yes, you're asking for it, right? It, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't believe in a god who didn't have a unicorn. Pet That's, unicorn? That is... The, the godhead and their pets. Now, this is a very... I can't even... Do, can't i can't right i'm sorry god and pets yeah god you know who god's pets are us 
Everything, his whole creation. Yeah, well, yeah, he made it all. Yeah. Oh, good lord, Dan. And when she starts describing Jesus's pony, uh, with the rain, with the rainbow mane and snorting fire, like this is a an eight year old girl's oh. vision of heaven. She's a lunatic, and she has followers. <laughs> she either oh. knows her audience and is willing to, you know, tell them a tall tale. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> or she legitimately believes this. But what's more, con- what is truly more concerning than there being a crazy person who thinks that she met Jesus last month, by the way, Dan, yeah, or two months ago, and that he was six feet tall and very handsome, right? <laughs> yeah. Like either, either. The, uh, what what concerns me is that people follow her. Oh, they love who it. are these people? Who are She's they? crazy. Fine. Who are these people? How did she find them all? Yeah. They sound like lunatics in this clip. The call and response. They're, you know. I received that. What is this? Oh. Yeah. It's not. It's. We're not safe. This is this is the part of American. Um, the, 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 the American Christianity that concerns me the most is because it's unstructured. I tell you, right. I don't. And so any old any old crazy person can come along, say whatever they want, and 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 create this a uh, weird, nutty, almost cult like movement. It's it's these moments where we know that uh, that the human race <laughs> has a ways to go. It's mm-hmm. just we're just we are that easily duped. We are that easily led. Good that Lord. is. That is who we are as a species, and we have to come to terms with that. Anyway, I'm gonna. We had some folks write into us, and I'm gonna. I'm gonna read some of their missives to please, us. Please do, Dan. Um, um, Amanda wrote in. Hi, Frank, uh, Dan, and Chris. Because Chris, oh, Chris came was in. here last week. Thank you so much, Chris. By the way, for filling in. What, yeah. a, what a lovely thing. Huh. I'm disappointed that uh, in the two times, uh, two times that Chris has come on, you you two have never had a conversation in Italian. Well, I yeah. think we got to have it. If, you guys, if they don't do that next time Chris is on, <laughs> you have to write into them and, and bug them about it. Yeah, okay. It just seems it's fruitless. Just, it's such a beautiful language. It is beautiful, Dan. It's the language of passion. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and made up diseases about wind hitting the back of your neck. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> Hi, Frank, Chris, and Dan. I wanted to reply to, la- to the last segment of the show, uh, the blogger who thinks women shouldn't be educate- educated because of debt. I was raised this way. I'm 35 oh. now and have a deep sense of shame correlated with debt. And I listened to this show during my third shift factory job. Tangentially... I really want to believe that mommy that the that mommy blogger isn't actually a woman, but then again, my own mother told me dozens of times she was sorry my dad didn't make enough money to get me an education, and it was up to my husband to decide whether or not I should go to school. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, boy, the the uh, the sexism roots run deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, this comes to us from Saint Kate. Yes. One, one of our saints. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, on the show. Hi, Frank and Dan, even though you abandoned your loyal listeners this week. Oh, Dan. Abandoned. See, this is what I'm talking about. Don't, don't, don't give me shit about that. I need, <laughs> I, I need to get a break from this crap every now and then. Do you know, not you, Frank. I'm saying that. We, what crap? The, 
the very disappointing things that we read every week about humanity. <laughs> That's the crap that we all need breaks from every now and then. Uh, and besides, Chris is delightful. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you're getting many emails about this, but uh, there are literally thousands of clinical trials about the use of med- medicinal marijuana. In fact, at least in Australia, a doctor is not allowed to prescribe anything that has not passed through some strict rules. That is, a doctor in Australia cannot prescribe lavender oil for your sleeping problems. Also, in New South Wales, we have the Center for Medicinal Cannabis Research uh, and Innovation. Uh, And she gives a link for that. And it is a it is a gov it's a government link apparently. Nice. All right. Cool. Uh, their whole job is researching uh, is to research and conduct trials. So, so for my two cents worth, the issue of whether it is an effective medicine has been decided. All right, Frank. Okay. Call it medicine, damn you. <laughs> you and your reluctance. Uh, that's the one thing that's so interesting because in these United States. We don't ever hear about research about it because it's kind of illegal to do research about right, it. But exactly. it ain't le- illegal. Like, science is done in other places, apparently. Hmm. Apparently, they're allowed to do science wow. not in the United States. Isn't that yeah. weird? Huh. I mean, who would have thought it? Um, uh, she, uh, yeah. Uh, St. Kate goes on. She's, she says, for what it's worth, my opinion on the Mormon mommy breastfeeder, uh, we, you guys talked about. A lady breastfeeding in church who, who, yeah. who suffered the dire consequence of not being able to go and bore herself to tears in the Mormon <laughs> temple anymore. Um, is that she did not lose her temple recommend for breastfeeding. She lost it because she refused to follow the authority yeah. of her bishop and stake president. Yes. It actually true. blows my mind a little uh, how people like this do not leave the church. Oh, I think that she might. Yeah. This might be enough. Some sh- I bet some shelves broke over this one. Mm-hmm. It seems like every story that comes out lately, people get online and talk talk about how well, that was the one. That was that was <laughs> it. That, that, yeah, I it may not it may anymore. not be this woman. Right. It may be like twenty two other couples who were like, Gee, you know what? We're done. This is it. Yeah. That's that's it. Yep. I don't need to belong to a church that thinks that boobs are are Satan's. Uh, e- I don't know, dick fluffers. I don't. I mean, <laughs> I mean that was basically the problem, right? It right. Was, it was making men horny. Yeah, you you gotta. You, women have the responsibility of not making men uh, think about sex. Right. Right. And that's I, that's their their their, their sac- lot in life. That's their sacred charge. <laughs> Dress in such a way. That's what. That is what the t-shirts underneath the dresses are all about. Yeah. Yeah, because it ain't sexy. Boy, you get that uh, that glimpse of shoulder. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Frank and Dan. Uh, this one is from uh, Chandra. Uh, by the way, thanks, Saint Kate, for your yeah, message. You. Uh, hey, Frank and Dan. Chandra writes. Uh, I just wanted to give you all a short, uh, the short of our nightmare adoption story, which oh. started six years ago. My husband and I entered into the rosy world of international adoption, specifically Uganda. Hmm. After four years, uh, or after a four-year extremely difficult process, we finally were able to adopt a four-year-old boy. We have now been home with him for two years. Great, huh? Well, two weeks after we arrived home from Uganda with our son, we were contacted by the FBI. 
Long story short, they had been investigating our adoption agency located in Ohio for child trafficking. Oh, dear God. Basically, they have discovered that this very Christian organization had been trafficking children from multiple countries. First off, let me mention, to even sign up with this agency, we had to get letters from clergy saying we were solid, devoted Christian home and we would be raising this child strictly Christian. Uh, I love this. So I wrote a letter and signed it with a made-up name and a made-up church. I love wow. that. Wow. All you, right. They're fucking lying, straight up lying to these people, and they are not the bad guys in this story. I love that. <laughs> we are in Arkansas, so I just crossed my fingers that they wouldn't try to contact the fictitious church. Come to find out, after two years of working with the FBI, all of the children adopted by our agency from Uganda have been trafficked. Oh. All in the name of Jesus. Oh. It's a fucking nightmare. Most of the families have had to return their adopted children to their rightful biological families. Oh. God. We are one of the few, quote, lucky ones that have not been able to, to locate our son's bio family. Selfishly, we are thankful. At the same time, incredibly sad that we never know, we'll never know our son's true story. Oh, that sucks. Can you believe that shit? I mean, I can believe it. Yeah. But yeah, this is this, this is the point. We hear all the time how a faith-based organization does so much better work yeah. than a non... You, we can't trust a non-faith-based organization <laughs> right. to do this because, you know, where the, where's their moral center? Right. But, oh yeah, look at, look at what's... Yeah. Well, but their moral center was uh, probably something along the lines of, well, th it doesn't matter because these kids will have better lives with Christian parents in the United States. We're getting these kids out of those nightmare Horrible. biological homes right. in, in Africa that aren't, that aren't either our brand of Christian right. or whatever. We're saving these children right. from whatever. Oh, God, that's I, tragic. Ugh. really made me sad yeah <laughs> not not that's not very nice hey make us happier do we have anybody that we need to thank this week yeah <laughs> nope you're gonna perk right up now <laughs> i'm going to insist upon it <laughs> i'm gonna be thinking about that all day all right uh yeah we have a new venerable listener we learned something about venerable yeah state of being venerable yeah does, does uh, that mean that they have a miracle uh, I think this person has a miracle. No, 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 no. Uh, what was it? Um, just shut up and say they have a miracle. We don't I need refuse. to know the <laughs> Dad. <laughs> I will call a spade a spade. Uh, this is a person of heroic virtue. Okay. That, that's true. That's too. not bad. That's not bad. That is not bad, Dan. Uh, Susie. Susie. Hooray. So, uh, thank you very much, Susie. Uh, and, uh, and we have one more person to thank. And I, I, I yeah. wasn't here. You weren't here for the handoff. For the big reveal. Yeah, because we have a new Lord and Savior around these parts. I couldn't yeah. believe it. I may have been worshiping the wrong person for a week. <laughs> well, it, all it takes is money, Dan. Right. This is the our top donor. Our, our big cheese. Um, our, uh, and, and, and she goes by the name of, and I feel like I might have done her name Little, uh, little badly last little, time. Little badly. Little didn't, okay. didn't do it justice. Drum roll, Jenny. <laughs> Thanks, Don Pardo. It yeah. was yeah, it was good. It was okay. a Don Pardo sort of thing. <laughs> uh, Jenny is is our top donor, our Lord and Savior, 
Forever may she wave. May she rest in peace. <laughs> no, she's in the name alive of the, and well. In the name of the mother and the daughter and, and all of the little chillins. Amen. Amen. All right, Dan. Yes. I got something for you. Whew. I'm this, ready. This has to do with a man on a mission. Uh-huh. Right? A, uh, not so much. A, he is Mormon, but it's not a Mormon mission. Not it's, in the way we uh, traditionally think about it. He, he is, his, his name is Sam Young, um, and he's become something of a little bit of a hero for a lot of people in the LDS church these days. Um, he uh, is a former bishop. Mm. Uh, he lives down in Houston, Texas. And he has um, been on, uh, been working on the issue of uh, these these worthiness interviews that youth and adults have to go through. But specifically, he's looking at the youth ones because here you have this young person um, sitting in a room with an adult man, yeah, and they're being asked uh, questions about their in Mormon terms, morality, right? Yeah. Which is their... Which, uh, which in Mormon terms means sex. Sex. That's all that means. That's all it is. Are you morally clean? Well, uh, I've, I've been ethical in my dealing... No, 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 no. Just tell us about what you've stuck your penis into. Oh, that's what you want to know. That's all, moral, that's all morally clean means in Mormon speak. Right. And so um, he... His own daughter's... Uh, were subjected to uh, these interviews, and he uh, and and they have spoken up now about how um, rough they were, how uncomfortable, how uncomfortable it made them, and, and how... a little uh, shaming. Yeah, right, and not well, a little shaming, quite a lot shaming. And it can be worse. It, it can be a lot worse than just uncomfortable. It can be. It can. It can be. Uh, you know, some of these bishops because they're just lay people. Mm-hmm. And they're humans. Right. And we know that even well-trained priests uh, in the Catholic Church are gross. Right. Uh, you know, some of these some of these bishops really abuse this, this thing. Yeah. And they ask them pointed questions. They clearly start fantasizing. Like, we have... There are There's so many creeper re- stories. So yeah. many reports of disgusting yeah. creeper behavior on the yeah. parts of these, these uh, bishops conducting these interviews. Yeah. Well, he's been he's been uh, drawing attention to this issue, um, and his efforts actually back earlier this year did get the uh, LDS Church to sh- change not not change too much of the policy, but to allow now uh, for children to bring an adult, um, uh, probably preferably a parent, uh, but they can bring somebody along with them. Uh, into who can be in the room while they're being subjected to this questioning, which is so um, great because that, because who doesn't want to have their dad or their mom with them, right? While they're being asked probing personal questions about their sex life, yes, it that makes me and, more comfortable and, for sure. Uh, yes, of course. <laughs> I mean, um, all, a lot of this, all it does is teach shame about sex. Oh, about yeah. your sexuality. So, so let's walk our way through this. Yeah. Right. Let's say that the kid is open about um, their, their sexual activity. And let's right? call them 15 years old. 15 years old. But, but they're, the, the bishop asks them a question. 
They answer honestly, maybe it's masturbation, maybe they fooled around, touched another young person in mm-hmm. an in a inappropriate way. Right. In a way that um, is very natural for a 15-year-old person to do. Right. Exactly. Um, well, now the bishop has the opportunity to uh, make sure they understand how wrong their actions are, uh, give them little pamphlets for the strength of youth, maybe. Um, and That's uh, the one that tells you about your little factory? Oh, I can't remember. We, but, um, we got one when we were growing up. <laughs> like... If you're if you're masturbating, it was this whole thing about like your 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 downstairs region is your little factory, right? And somehow I don't remember even remember how the logic went because it was so bizarre. Like right. you know, if you masturbate, then you're overworking your factory, and then maybe gears break. I don't I don't remember. Well, what was yeah, it. the workers go on strike. <laughs> <laughs> that was not my experience. That was, yeah, no, no, uh, clearly not. Um, no, so, um, so then the, the bishop would be given the opportunity to properly, uh, shame them right. and, uh, whatnot. Correct. Um, but let's say that we have the, the other scenario, which is far, probably far more common. And the kid knows that the correct answers to, uh, all these questions are to just lie about them. Right. To yeah. say, no, I'm not having any problems. No, I've never masturbated this, that, and the other. And right? no, I don't lie. And no, I don't lie. Um, all the while feeling their conscience, because they are lying, uh, kind of sink in around them, right? Yeah. And the Holy Ghost, they feel the Holy Ghost flee the room. The yeah. Holy Ghost will know. And so now we have perhaps even a better outcome for the LDS Church, which is they have this internalized, deep-rooted shame and weirdness about their own sexuality and guilt and guilt and here's the other great thing if a 16 year old young boy comes to me as a bishop and says no i'm not masturbating no i'm not doing any of this stuff you can just look him in the eye and say liar i would (laughs) you can stare him down and make sure that they know you know (laughs) because you know (laughs) yeah you know what i mean like come on and then, uh, and then they're like, and then you've got them. Yeah. Your hooks are in. Yeah. So this is this is really effective control. Uh, these are control mechanisms that the LDS Church has over their population, that and it's most good to get churches those... employ. Like let's yeah, let's but, be honest. But most of them don't have this interview thing, right? Most of them are a little more. Uh, they tell you what you're supposed to be doing. They tell you what you're not supposed to be doing, and then it's really. It's really kind of up to you, you yeah. know, unless you get somehow like in some real trouble, but then what are they really going to do? Right. In Mormon world, they've got a lot of little things they can do. Oh yeah. Lots of different ways to shame you. Yeah. Lots of different ways to, um, uh, let even, I mean, the, the shame is interesting, right? Because the Bishop might tell you to not take the sacrament for a couple of weeks. Sure. Now there's like this little public thing where you like have to like, n- Okay, you didn't tell anybody what you did. The bishop didn't tell you, didn't tell anybody what you did. But but everybody you this, knows you. Did everybody something. knows your parent. You're seated next to your parents. They know right. you did something, right? Yeah. And you, but what you're sitting there with is, holy shit! I'm so unworthy. I'm so unworthy. I'm so unworthy. Yeah, right. I mean we've said it before. Like the whole the whole gig of religion, the thing that keeps you coming back is, you're broken, and I'm the person who can offer you salvation from your own sinful nature right and so 
the more you can just slam it home that you're that my you know that you're sinful right you don't even have to admit it you just know it and they have great ways of making sure that you feel it right so sam young is working to uh he's not happy with this one little concession that the lds church made that the higher-ups made with letting you know an adult come in with you he he sees through that he knows that the kids are are still going to go in alone um that the ultimately you um the culture of the thing is that you go into the bishop alone and the exception is bringing an adult along with you so therefore not to buck the you know the the system too much the kids are still just going in alone right um and that is obviously not a good solution right so he is actually here in salt lake at the moment and he is staging uh, a hunger strike for three weeks wow um he is uh he's also uh set up a uh, series of um he's calling them temple side chats because he's he's over in this park downtown that's kitty corner from the church office building right so he's on public land so he's perfectly Perfectly fine rights. to to be there, right? Um, and that's where he's hanging out during his hunger strike during the day, mm. um, and then in the evening, um, they have a schedule of um, of of uh, uh, meetings with uh, apostles from the LDS Church. Um, they are all um, so so the the the. They're calling them the fireside chat with an apostle. They begin every night um, starting July 29th. So a few, a few have already happened and they're going all the way through um, August 12th. Now, to be clear, um, they start at 7 p.m. on the sidewalks um, of South Temple Street. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, let's see on South Temple. And uh, let's see. So Elder Suarez was on uh, July 29th. Um, he failed to show up, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah. July 30th, Elder Gong, uh, he also, I guess, didn't show up. Um, yeah, these are not July 31st that they schedule that the apostles have agreed to. No, 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 this no. Is, they've just scheduled, hey, we're inviting this person to meet us at this time. Right. Surely they'll come and talk to me to discuss this. Right. He knows they're not going to show up. Well, right. The church this week actually um, issued a public statement about him and his efforts and uh, essentially said, we don't need to meet with him. No. And so he's just they, using what, they, for I, 15 days. He's publicly shaming them on their refusal to speak with um a uh, member who is leading a movement within their ranks. A member in good um, standing. A member this in is, good standing. This is not some uh, some fringe dude. This is just a guy who yeah. sees that they're doing something horrific. Here's what's really funny about this. It's not like he's saying, oh, the idea that kids, you know, touching themselves is bad. He's not, he's not decrying that. Right. He just doesn't want the bishop's interviews. Right. So, like, all of the shitty ideas about sex all of the terrible terrible ways that mormons think about sex and many and many religious right. uh organizations think about sex he's on board 
with all of that. Ostensibly. Ostensibly. Yeah. Yeah. He just wants the pervy interviews to stop. Well, the pervy interviews would shift the culture, and he's right about that. Yeah. Um, because as you have a, with a generation of people growing up who weren't subjected to that level of shame about sex, they would those people would ultimately probably raise their kids a little differently, no matter what the church is saying. Well, right? it also chips they would away have different conversations with their kids. Sure. Right. And it, and it leaves this in the hands of the parents 100 percent, which is where it should be. You can go to church. Lots of people go to church, to whatever church they go to, right? Yeah. And hear uh, negative messaging about human sexuality. Right. Right. Um, those people are not necessarily as fucked up about sex as the mm, at the same numbers, at the same rates as Mormons tend to be. Right. Mormons tend to be a little screwy about sex. Oh, so screwy about sex. Right. To the point where, like, talk to an ex-Mormon about their sex life now that they're out of the church. Mm-hmm. It stays with you. Like, it's oh, yeah. not... you. There, I'm still pulling tendrils mm-hmm. of this repressed fucking ideology right. out of my own brain. Right, exactly. Because it's, it fucks you up. Absolutely. It is unhealthy. It is, it's not safe. Right. It's a terrible, terrible way to to train your children, right? Uh, so, all you know, all this, all this guy's doing is, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe saving some kids from some very disgusting, uh, pervy moments, mm-hmm. and also maybe chipping away just a little bit at the uh, at at the authority mm-hmm. of the brethren, absolutely, who sit over you. Well, and it's clear that they know that he's chipping away at their authority because they're refusing to meet with him right they're refusing to talk well i think they said i think i read something that where they said you know he was able to talk to his bishop and even his his stake president like mm-hmm. you know the chain of command was there for him right as if his local bishop would be able to like make a, the a f- universal Right. Sort of global change that he wants. That needs to happen. That needs to happen. Yeah. We listened to him. We sent that one guy. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, if you, if you ladies and gentlemen at home, uh, have anything you'd like to add to this discussion, disgusting discussion, discussion, this discussion. I'm trying to squish it together. It's almost there. It's close. Yeah. (laughs) Or if you want to doctor my pun, you can write to us, podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or you could call and leave us a voicemail message. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Indeed. Go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash TGIAtheist, and click on that like button. And while you're there, why not search for the TGIA members only lounge or request to join? It is a closed group. But it's moderated. It's uh, and so the conversation stays nice and civil. Yeah. Also, I'd like to put a plug in for the community over on Reddit. Yep. Uh, that's uh, the subreddit's name is TGI Atheist. Yeah. Go be a part of that. Yeah, it's be- awesome. Join the communities, y'all. Uh, and speaking of the communities, thanks so much to Mackenzie for all of her hard work on the Facebook page. Thanks to Sarah, Amy, and Danny for their work in the Members Only Lounge. And a big thanks goes out to the uh, providers of music for the show. Indeed. The Red Rock Hot Club and Gordon Johnston. And uh, and thank you 
fine friends and listeners for tuning in to us. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.